1: Welcome to the Plunger Fort.
2: We're still here. It's been a month now. We haven't left. We've been sitting here for thirty days.
1: Also, did you do that with the thumbtack? Do what? That, it's literally sitting up right there. What? Did you do that? No. I'm not touching it. Ew. There's a thumbtack that's literally standing on its point. Who did that? I, it's really not me. It's
2: probably a ghost.
1: Oh God! It's Cellar Girl. It's and like, I know it's a girl, too. That's the creepy part.
2: I'm sorry, what? I'm telling you this place is haunted. Welcome to, and that's why we drink. M, you can't just tell me there's a cellar girl and then, like, move on. Christine, what are you drinking? <sighs> okay. Just,
1: I'm just going to keep <sighs> ignoring you.
2: Now I'm so uncomfortable. Let's talk
1: about wine. It makes you feel better. It does make me feel better. you.
2: I mean, I know I already said this, but I'm drinking the 2013 Daring Escape Red from um, First Leaf Wines. It is the best I know, wine I've you had. you can't stop talking about it. The best wine I've had in a very long time, so please. There, she,
1: okay, just to be fair, Christine is sitting right next to her boxed wine and hasn't touched it all night. She just <laughs> keeps touching the empty bottle. There's <laughs> full wine right next to her, and she's touching the empty bottle more than the full one. I'm a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, what are you drinking? Uh, I just ran to Starbucks on my way here because I'm trying to make light of... The situation that is our distance.
2: Are you drinking a, f- a pumpkin spice frappuccino? No, I'm not. Like a basic bitch. I'm
1: not a basic bitch in that regard. Okay. Also, I hate the taste of pumpkin. I do too. I really don't like it.
2: I don't either. I don't like pumpkin spice. When it comes lattes. to
1: like fall flavors, I'm into. I'm like an apple cider Me kind of guy. too. Or like um, cinnamon mm-hmm. is a good one. I like the Christmas ones though. I like I like love peppermint, a good Christmas taste Oh you know, yes, all that oh, shit. Yes. The
2: peppermint mocha is my favorite.
1: Okay, I don't like coffee though. Peppermint oh, and chocolate. Peppermint and chocolate. And thin <laughs> mints.
2: Thin mints! <laughs> Whenever I can throw a thin
1: mint in. You know what? The the Christmas version of a thin mint is a chocolate mint Milano. Oh, those
2: are. Because you get those in the tins. And the those Christmas are... tins. Oh, the be- the I know. Best. We'll talk. I
1: know. Let's not even get into it. Hey, Girl hey, Scouts of
2: America, do you want to sponsor us?
1: Or Pepperidge Farm because a Sausalito cookie can be is unmatched. I could. I would be a thousand pounds at my
2: wedding. A thousand.
1: I can eat a. I mean, I don't even know why I'm saying this like it's a surprise because I tell myself everyone does this, but like a a whole bag of Sausalito cookies, hundred percent, is a serving size to me. Yeah. I eat all eight of them in a,
2: in a minute. Yeah, I would go to my dad's on the weekends, like when like my parents got divorced and I would go to my dad's and he'd be like what do you want for the weekend and I'd be like pepperidge farm cookies and he would buy like three bags and I'd be like this one's mine <laughs> we had a very
1: different experience because I remember growing up my father in his office at, like he had a kitchen in his office because his house his office was haunted we should talk about that because it was an old farmhouse oh shit but in the kitchen part which used to be an actual kitchen in the farmhouse sure. but it was his employees only office sure um My dad used to get Sausalito Pepperidge Farm cookies. I probably don't actually like these cookies, but psychologically I crave them because I couldn't have them when I was little. Because he would put them on the highest shelf <laughs> and he wouldn't touch them he wouldn't let anyone eat them those and the Edmonds donuts oh my dad bought those too those are my two favorite snacks now and i really think it's just because And I they're wasn't, not even that good i wasn't allowed i tr- like if i even thought about reaching my hand up and pretending to grab one he would snap he'd be like those mm. are mine and i'd be like Ugh. and he's a child of four so like he knows how to share and I'm the only child, and people now blame me for not wanting to share food on the fact that I'm an only child. And I'm like, no, my dad just wouldn't share cookies with me.
2: It's not that hard. It was traumatizing. But there are a lot of uh, kids who grew up with multiple siblings who learned to like hoard their food because they didn't want their siblings oh, taking it. Because that's okay. my mom was one of eight, and she said, like, if you didn't eat it immediately, everyone else would eat it. That's know? more like my
1: mom's side, the culturally Jewish family, mm. where it's like, if you don't eat fast, you don't eat. So
2: exactly. I guess-
1: I know. I exactly- Okay. I mean, I know what he was doing then.
2: The thing was, I gained a ton of weight when I was little because when my parents got divorced. It was that like stereotypical thing of my dad was like the divorced dad who was like, "We can (laughs) eat shit and watch movies and go mini golfing and then send you back to your mom's to do homework," you know? Yeah, Yeah. So we would go, and my dad, I distinctly remember, had a peanut m&m like dispenser next to my bed that he installed because i love peanut m&m's and i would just like get to eat peanut m&m's all night in my bed after i brush my teeth and i'm looking back like no wonder (laughs) i was a fat kid divorce sounds fun it's it's a blast you do get two christmases so it's like oh
1: trust me i've i've seen a lot of divorces
2: it's like fine hi mom um (laughs) hey mom Mom. and that's why she drinks that's why we all drink i do want to say one thing it's Brenda's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Brenda! Brenda is a loyal listener and a good friend to the podcast, so we just want to give her a little shout out. Um, we don't usually do birthday shout outs because
1: there's just there's so many of you requesting it, which is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. We're not mad at you. There's just so many that if we if you do listen to the listeners episodes and you listen to us, um, thank all of our Patreon donors ahead of time. Yeah, it would
2: every episode would sound like that with how many birthday requests we get. So. Also, happy birthday to everyone else who's having a birthday this October. My little sister's birthday is was October 9th, uh, so happy ber- belated to her.
1: I will say, anyone having a birthday right now, specifically, mm-hmm. congratulations, because that means you're a Libra, and I fucking love
2: Libras. I do, too. I was about to say, all the best people in my life are Libras. Libras and Leos are my homies. Oh, Libras and Aquarius are my homies. Aries. Aries.
1: Aries. Okay. Well, it's we're Geminis. I was going to be like, wow, we have the same interests, it's, but we're both Geminis. It's definitely Geminis that. love the A's and the L's, and we hate the S's. Yes.
2: Yes, we do. So we
1: love a- Aries, Aquarius, Leo, Libra, and we mm-hmm. do not get along with Scorpio or Sagittarius. Mm-mm. Deirdre's a Sagittarius.
2: Oh, interesting, because Deirdre is actually the person who suggested this week's story. Oh! <gasps> oh! What a gem. Also, again, because I always fucking do this. Also, this week's episode is dedicated to another one of our $25 patrons. You want to know her name? Please tell me. It's Priscilla Hernandez. Love it. What a good name. What a, what a babe. What a babe. Priscilla, thank you for your, for being a loyal listener and supporter. Um, this episode is dedicated to you. We love you. We love you. Any other wise words before we get started?
1: No, I don't have any.
2: Read me a bedtime story.
1: To my Libras out there.
2: To all the L's, A's, and... And no S's. No S Except Deirdre. And Gio. Oh, and Geo.
1: Also, fun fact about Libras, my grandma... Fun fact, everyone's been divorced in my family. Um, but <laughs> Mine too, oh my god. But so, everyone in my family says that when they find the right one, it they're always a Libra. So, my grandma was married and then remarried and found a Libra and they're just like the happiest people on earth. Oh, my mom has married and then got divorced and then married and then got divorced and then married and then got divorced. Yes. And then she found a Libra <gasps> and now they're engaged. So good luck, Tom. And oh, both of my step parents are Aries. Okay. Well, Allison's a Libra. So every, I swear to God, it's the no, Libras. no pressure, Allison. Just it's the Libra. Don't leave. Don't leave me. There's so, oh my God. there's so much pressure. There's so many people listening to this right now. Everyone
2: tell Allison to not leave me. Oh, no, because now they're going to do it. She's going
1: to leave now. Oh, That's what I did there. And you just fucked up
2: your relationship. Also,
1: she just texted me and said, by the way,
2: make sure to be funny
1: in this episode. So.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like that time when I went on an improv show and invited Lisa Lampanelli, and she texted me as I was walking up to the stage being like, don't fuck this up. Yeah. And I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Like don't fuck this up. You better be funny. <laughs> like, <he's> Such an <laughs> asshole. We have really good friends. Yeah, clearly.
1: Okay, so this one I've been getting requested a bajillion times. Oh my god, a so, bajillion! So I'm just gonna
2: do it. I'm just gonna cater to your needs. It's like we already do so much for you, but like, finally, left, left and due. right. I'm, I'm. You're giving all of yourself. to Uh, to all these people. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's like we might as well do one more thing for you.
1: Right. Like, here's the straw. Fine. Here's the last one. Dem's going to have a total breakdown right now. (laughs) Halfway through. If you just actually travel five minutes into into the future... Just go five minutes further into this audio, and I'll probably be crying about something. <laughs> the plunger will have, cr- like, crumbled to the... i f- will well, just be on the floor. No, footprint. I'll have had a mental breakdown. I'll have snapped the plunger in half.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Christine will be on the other side of the house. There will be a true crime story about death by plunger.
1: <laughs> Gio will be barking, and you'll just hear sirens out the window. <gasps> you guys. Anyway, it's the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Oh, interesting. Yes. I've never heard of this. Really? It's, no. like, one of the more famous thing like Things? locations Lo- anything actually it's just like a really famous like thing. as a lighthouse
2: it's probably the most There's haunted. like a like the mona lisa and the leaning Pisa, and then like actually lighthouse. it's so
1: funny you say that because this is called the mona lisa of haunted locations <laughs> no I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding
2: i'm so psychic i well we know that shut the fuck up yeah i feel really good about myself let's just move on um is that in florida yes okay in saint augustine florida i think my Celine's brother i think his middle name is augustine and i think it's after the town in florida oh cool so
1: in 1586 1586 i'm sorry the that first was, were we were had were god, we are, Were you gonna ask me if we were
2: born the answer yeah. is no well had god like invented humans yet no So not like, at all it was just the animals oh. were doing the counting okay got it so in
1: 1586 the first tower was made of wood and burned to the ground
2: it's just like its own history i'm just trying
1: to give you some history at all because there's really not like okay so there's a whole page that christine's looking at right now all of these are manifestations (gasps) oh so so the history is like a bullet so i'm i'm trying to give you what i whatever i can okay so burn to the run yeah (laughs) the end so that's that's quite a story that's a wrap 15 Uh, i'm sorry is that an empty bottle and an empty box of wine both next to each other at the same time what the fuck is wrong with you? It's been a really long it's week. Just down. downwards.
2: It's Thursday. I you know. haven't even made it to the end. And then nickel everything and then moving and trying to clean this fucking house and then getting almost robbed. It's just been a in weird. the hospital. And, and then, then in the th- fucking <laughs> Oh right, that too. That's quite a you still have bruises, don't you? Oh yeah. They're all over my arm. Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry, go on. So something
1: burned to the ground a billion years ago.
2: Oh my god, just it was more and like Me as a history
1: a teacher. Half a billion, <laughs>
2: but yeah, okay. So and uh <laughs> <laughs> and you would like read people's essays or like quizzes and be like, eh, close enough. I'd be like, eh, there's a person who did a thing. Yeah. Columbus, 1892. Whatever it's close enough.
1: Oh, Col- Columbus. His name was not
2: Kyle, but
1: you know, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle
2: Kyle. Kyle Columbus. Classic Kevin Columbus. Classic Kyle. Classic Carl and Kevin Columbus. So in 1683,
1: mm-hmm. like a whole almost hundred years later. Holy. Uh, The second wooden lookout tower was replaced with a sturdy, well-made coquina shell structure. Coquina is like a sediment stone that is only found there.
2: Oh. And like two
1: other places in the world. Oh, shit. So so originally this wasn't a lighthouse.
2: They were just like lookout towers. Do you know who's like making these? Like natives? Or is it like Columbus? The government? I don't know christopher was there a government kyle columbus maybe i think it was kyle or maybe it was carl columbus i think it was the twins it was a twin kyle and carl columbus but yeah
1: the, <laughs> the columbus twins this is me as a history teacher and you as my fucking substitute i'm the ta i'm
2: like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah, columbus yeah, yeah, twins yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's
1: the columbus twins they were kyle there. and
2: carl columbus <laughs> okay Oh, my God. It's it's actually very fortuitous. Isn't, like, Columbus Day tomorrow?
1: Is it? Yeah. Well, how would I fucking know? I'm only American. Kyle Columbus. Is tomorrow
2: Columbus Day? That'd... Oh, no, sorry. Last Monday was Columbus Day, though. Oh, happy fake American founding day. Happy belated Carl and Kyle Day.
1: Is everyone. Slash
2: indigenous people day. <sighs> yes. Hashtag political statement. Happy
1: I'm sorry day from all of us current Americans.
2: So so much to apologize for There's so much carl nope. and kyle i'm um, we i'm so sorry. disappointed we, i don't claim them they're no, not mine we have a lot to apologize for so in 1820
1: we're really skipping through oh time <laughs> so carl and kyle are long dead at this time <laughs> so there carl goes. and kyle got in their fucking delorean and <laughs> hopped over to 1820 or
2: it could be carl and kyle the third oh or the very back to the future of you Hmm. Mm-hmm. i try
1: i thought you just might so, in 1820, the structure is finally converted into a real lighthouse. So, you know, it only took almost 300 years. <laughs> <laughs> no
2: big deal. It's fine. Um, in
1: 1876, the lighthouse, um, they built a spot, because originally the light keepers, mm-hmm. sounds like a housekeeper, a light keeper. Sure. Um, they were living on the grounds near the lighthouse, but now they were building a spot in the lighthouse to be basically an apartment
2: for where... Oh, so they would, like, live there. They lived in the lighthouse. Okay. Um, That happened in 1876. Which I feel like became a thing. I think so. Because I feel like in the Northeast, too, like, most lightkeepers would live in the lighthouse. Lightkeeper. That's such a... Isn't it uh, lighthouse keeper? Lightkeeper? I don't know. Whatever. Same thing. On the Quidditch team, I was a keeper. Were you? I'm a keeper. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Allison. I uh, applied to be on the Quidditch team, and they rejected me because I said I wasn't athletic enough, so...
1: That's oh I, well, I wasn't athletic enough either I was I was a keeper I was goalie I didn't have to do anything oh. but the poor snitch holy crap you had to like be on the track team and be able to run like ten miles without stopping I asked to be the keeper and they
2: were like we actually have some people who are more
1: qualified I was like fuck you our quidditch team was so like underrated no one even knew we had a quidditch
2: team so they were just desperate for people there wasn't even really a tryout it was like please please be the keeper I went to the, like the nerdiest school of all time so they were like we have way too many they're like go try out for the basketball team maybe you'll make that (laughs) go try out for football you fucking square (laughs) we had like a little we had t-shirts that said undefeated since like 18 whatever or 1920 because we didn't have a football team so it was like american university football undefeated since 1922 or whatever year whatever year our school was founded because like we didn't have a fucking football team
1: well we had a football team i mean we're d3 so like to
2: people with actual football teams we don't have a. oh we were a d3 basketball and we were very proud of it
1: we yeah we were um we were d3 basketball and we were really good but i mean we were really good for d3
2: you know they would like try to make us go to the games by being like we have free pizza please come (laughs) so sad but i couldn't make it on the quidditch team because it was too competitive like it's so sad
1: i played for a semester it was not worth my time.
2: I realized how much they were running around, and it was like, I don't want to do that. I was
1: that. like, this is... I don't need this kind of negativity. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like... No. I'd rather be surrounded by pizza eaters and hookah smokers and... Keep that out yeah, of my life. Yeah. Um, all right. Where were we? Well, we were talking about Quidditch, I think. Okay, so Light Keepers. Sure, that. Um, so, currently, the lighthouse has been restored and is now open to the public. So, it's, like, 500 years old, Holy basically. Holy crap. Or it's, like, 450 or something like that. Uh... Also, fun fact, these days they have several tours. They also have eight different paranormal investigation companies that work with them to do tours and investigations. Mm, Eight? Eight. Um, But they have their own personal paranormal tour called the Dark of the Moon Tour. That sounds creepy. The thing I like about it is that the only light provided on this tour, because it's a night tour throughout the lighthouse in in the middle of the dark. The only light provided are glow sticks around your neck so you can see other people.
2: I was about to say, it's the light of the moon. But it's the light of the moon I was in gonna the dark of
1: the moon. I say it with you, but glow sticks, okay. Glad we didn't try anything in unison there. It would have been real bad. So, um, fun fact, children are often prone to accidents here. So, in 1873, during construction of the tower, the foreman, um, who lived on the grounds, his children were playing around on the property and they were playing on a supply cart that I guess back then they had like tram carts that go from the lighthouse to the dock of the ocean. Yeah. So the kids were riding the tram and uh, the cart broke loose no. off the cables and they weren't able to jump out in time <gasps> and the cart slid rapidly into the water, <gasps> plummeting, so both of them ended up getting stuck in the water and it had turned upside down so like you couldn't Emma, they couldn't lift it. What the fuck? So two of his four kids survived. The other two drowned and their friend also drowned. Wait, that's really fucking sad. Yeah. Holy shit. So the two youngest survived and the two oldest drowned with their oh, friend. Oh, that is heartbreaking. Um, Wait, the oldest drowned or the oldest survived? The oldest drowned. Oof. And the two younger ones survived. That's tragic. Uh, so that's that for the history. Well, that was fun. So here are just all the ways that it's been haunted. Okay, I'm ready. The staff locks the door before they... um, The staff will lock the doors before they leave, but when they come back, the doors will be wide open when the staff is coming in to to work. Oh, no. The lighthouse staff will also report the chairs have been moved, overturned, or are now upside down. Um, Various items in the gift shop will go missing or move on their own, only to reappear in their own... Spot later after we, you're looking for it. We
2: know about that. We
1: know all about that. Mr. Chatfield. Chatfield. I was like, <laughs> Mr. Charleston. <You're> close enough. It's <laughs> the same thing. Me and history.
2: Eh, <laughs> good enough. It's like Carl, Kyle, whatever. <laughs> it's like Kyle Columbus. Kyle Chatfield. It's fine.
1: Um, music boxes have been known to wind up and play by themselves. Okay, that's my. Oh, remember Celine,
2: who submitted yeah. the stories? She had a music box that would play by itself. No, she didn't. She would... I remember one time we came home, and she was in the backyard, like, up the hill, sitting by herself, in, like, a, behind the bushes. And I was like, what are you doing up there? Because we were next door neighbors. And she's like, I got home from school, and she was home alone. And she said she was sitting in a room, and just her... She had, like, this old music box that, like, she never touched, and it was on a shelf. And it just started, like, going off and going off. And so she ran outside, and then she got onto her fr- uh, back porch... And she was like calling her uncle David who lived up the street. And so she was calling him on the house phone and she saw two men walking down the back hill, like through the brush. We had these like weird ass, like what the fuck? Big hills that were really creepy. So Was it a break in? she has no idea but so she saw like two men walking back so she ran to the front porch and then her uncle David was like come over so she ran up the street to Linda's house and like her parents came home and nothing was like wrong but she was hysterical like there were she said there were two men just like it was all like ivy like overgrown and she said they were just walking down the hill it was really steep in our backyard and what the fuck she was terrified and after that it was like hesitant to sleep over anyway Uh, uh, Oh, my God. It's just one of my... my... Okay.
1: Well, everyone send prayers to Celine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, whatever. Everyone, like, just in your mind's eye, go back to that time and give her good wishes. And
2: maybe we're what saved her. Maybe. Let's make it about us. We were those scary men walking through the ivy to protect her. Oh, there it is. Okay.
1: More like our good wishes now are the ones that told her to get out of the house. Oh,
2: yes. That's more like it. So, um...
1: Uh, one tour guide said that the creepiest thing was hearing the music boxes wind up on their own.
2: Oh, that is and creepy. And then hearing them play. So someone's like manually winding up. Yeah.
1: Oof. Some say the light keeper's quarters um, is always 10 degrees colder and they always feel really like frigid when they go in there. And a tall man will appear before them and then disappear into mist. Oof. Shadow figures will walk around the tower. Misty hands and alive human hands will come through the tower door as if pushing the door open or pulling it closed. So it'll show up as either an apparition or, like, a full-bodied figure. Like, they'll see, like, what looks like normal human hands, but they know they're the only people there. Oh, no. Um, One tour guide also saw furniture moving around by itself, like, watched it moving around by itself. Oh, my God. One tour guide said, I've had a few arm hairs plugged off me. Ugh! I know.
2: Like, ow! Like, at least take the eyebrow hairs to, like, make it look better on you yeah, yeah like I mean, at like, least to like help us like personal what, hygiene what's the word i'm thinking of like frame our face or
1: uh i don't know what the word is pluck your uh, hair? sure whatever just be kinder don't pluck my arm hairs <laughs> that's that easy <laughs> It's not hard. Or like get the stray hair that's on someone's chin that they're missing or oh. like you know how some people get like like one like I have a weird arm hair that like grows, grows like back? No it like grows like ten times the length of any other arm hair. And it like you'll pluck in it and it'll come back, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The come.
2: follicle has superpowers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like why doesn't the ghost say like, Oh, you missed a spot? Yeah, exactly. Instead it's like hey. like what if you're
1: like shaving your legs, like can't you help us there?
2: Oh yeah, just like get that strip that I always miss. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm
1: could do it a lot of different ways to get my attention. It could be helpful. Nope. Um, Okay, the tour guide said, I've had a few arm hairs plucked off me in the basement of the keeper's house. Rather recently, I had my ankle grabbed. That was pretty amusing since I was in the middle of my tour, so it looked like I randomly tripped over air. Wouldn't that be nice for all the times I've tripped in my fucking life to just be like, oh, it was a ghost, not me being clumsy.
2: Oh my God, that's probably what he did. He probably did trip and he was like, no, it was totally somebody He's grabbed He's like, me. I did that on purpose. I was just a ghost. Oh my God. If I could
1: use that for every time, to- I would have used that excuse <laughs> a
2: thousand times. Yeah, you shouldn't use that excuse. You were like, oh, it was a paranormal event. Uh, investigator sometimes ghosts just grab me Ugh. and i fall in my face oh yeah that's
1: that's the reason <laughs> i actually am very graceful you just wouldn't know it because the ghosts try to keep me down i'm so graceful so uh another tour guide said one night the automated light system in the lighthouse was acting weird so when he arrived he uh went across the yard to the lighthouse and he heard a guy's footsteps behind him on the gravel and so he turned around and the footsteps stopped and no one was there And as he climbed the stairs to the top, he heard the footsteps again, and after checking the problem and fixing it, um, he, like, booked it, but he heard a guy like, and it's like an open room, like, he can definitely see if someone's there or not, and he could hear the footsteps pacing behind him while he was fixing the lights. Oh, no. So the guy, like, just totally followed him up there. Uh, No, no. There have been disembodied conversations that people can't understand, but have definitely heard. Um, people can smell the cigars that the Light Keepers used to smoke on the premises before the property banned smoking. Mm-hmm. On the show Ghost Hunters... Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins still hasn't uh, blocked unblocked you, has he? he? I'm waiting for the day. <laughs> he, uh they during their investigation they found unusual sounds voices and strange shadows moving up and down the lighthouse but apparently those are all common things that people catch anyway so to the people working there they were like well yeah yeah like you didn't need a tv show to tell us i was like oh thank
2: you zach baggins for your ego. thanks mr baggins so um and your acid wash jeans i'm just bitter <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just bitter <laughs> it's not you it's me it's not it's not zach it's It's not me
1: me. i'm not saying it's me i'm just also saying it's not you so it's someone but also not me
2: but like don't get the wrong idea
1: (laughs) i don't hate you but i also don't like you it's like do you get it yeah okay I i got
2: it okay good i don't think anyone else has though no nobody gets it but no
1: so one guard walked down the hallway in the middle of the night after hearing giggling of children and found dirty footprints of a child up and down the stairs and then when he went up there there was no one there Can you imagine just being like, oh, is there a child in here? But yeah, can you imagine, like, knowing that there's children ghosts and so you just don't know when they're ever going to be around? It's, like, creepy enough to have, like, actual children running around giggling yeah, uh, human, live human children are creepy enough. Don't make them dead and invisible and have dirty feet. And that's also rude. Like that. If you're the lightkeeper or the guard, and you have to keep that place clean, and I are seeing muddy shoes, and there's no one to even like discipline. Yeah. Uh, workers will also find oh locked doors standing wide open the next day. They'll hear children's laughter on the stairwell, and tour guides will reportedly um, experience multiple incidences of being touched or grabbed by ghosts, just like that one guy. Um, who got grabbed and tripped. Oh, right, right, right. In 2009, a cell tower technician took a photo of his co-worker with the the lighthouse in the background. And when the picture developed, you can see a young girl in a long dress with long hair standing alone at the top observation deck.
2: Oh, no, that's like out of a movie.
1: There's a guy known as the man in blue Mm -mm. who apparently will follow you all the way up the stairs and all the way down the stairs, which, by the way, is 219 stairs. (laughs)
2: Who the fuck is walking up and down this stairs but
1: this is my kind of party because apparently they have breaks at every 50 step interval oh like
2: okay like they have
1: like places for you i don't know if it's places for you to chill because it's a fucking lighthouse or it's at least a wide platform for is you to there, stand uh, like
2: a snacks a snack stand See, if
1: i were in charge of this lighthouse every two steps there'd be a break and it'd be a nice sauna yeah. spa lounge they'd also have like like a little like wine bar your reward as you climb is that each break lounge gets better oh sure there's like a cocktail hour at the very top there's like a midnight bar oh for sure with like you really gotta you really gotta want it you gotta like work those calves to get there i'm just saying i'd be a really good fitness instructor yeah you would there's a gif of someone sitting like a their car is open like the trunk is open and he's sitting on the on the back of the trunk right and he's just like And someone else is driving his car, but he's sitting on the back of the open trunk and he's just holding out money and people behind him are running. (laughs) And it's like, that's supposedly my motivation for running is someone just has to throw
2: money at me. Be like, come get it. Yeah. One time my mom told me this is really horrible and I'm sure she's changed her ways. But when I was like 12, she told me that, remember how I just told you. That I was eating peanut M&M's at my dad's house Mm -hmm. all the time. And so she got really frustrated because I gained a lot of weight. She said if I kept gaining weight, that she would start... (laughs) Deducting money from you? No. What? She would start driving around the neighborhood and making me, like, chase the car. (laughs) to lose Was
1: was Alex on the trunk handing you money
2: because i chase it? (laughs) No, I didn't get money out of it. She was just like, I would force you to chase the car around the neighborhood until you lost all the weight again. I was like, that seems really cruel for a 10-year-old, but okay. And when I'm starting to gain too much weight, my mom won't say that I'm gaining weight. She'll just
1: recommend gyms. She's she's like, well, I know there's like a really good gym. Have you been doing anything lately? And she she knows it's a
2: no. I heard about this great lighthouse gym where you
1: climb 200 (laughs) (laughs) stairs. (laughs)
2: oh man i wish i would go to that gym i'm saying it'd be a good time yeah it would be
1: um what else is happening besides me almost dropping the mic
2: uh probably just like crazy
1: shit so there's a guy known as the man in blue and apparently this is what i was saying he will follow you all the way up the stairs and all the way down the stairs so you can just hear him behind you so like when you get to the top does he just like leave me alone hangs out i guess he's like i'll wait for you to walk back down yeah you you let me know when you're ready i'll I'll (laughs) pop on down um supposedly this man's name is joseph andro okay and he was one of the first keepers or not really the first considering how old this place was but he was um a keeper there in the 1850s and he died when he was painting the tower and fell off oh my god and uh, then there was another guy who hanged himself from the tower years later, who what was a keeper. What the fuck? Another keeper died there of tuberculosis in 1889. Um, a couple years before that, another keeper's wife died on the property. A lot of, a lot of people... <sighs> so one of the th- uh, like suspicions is that if you are working on the property, either you or someone you care about will die either on the property
2: or near the property. That's really fucking true. I mean, the guy literally lost two of his children.
1: Yeah. Oof. So, like, if you're related to it or involved in that environment at all, someone
2: you care about might get hurt. I mean, it sounds like a lot of people died. Yeah. For for the Im- like, in ratio to the amount of people who actually work there. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, um,
1: one lighthouse keeper was so unnerved by the man in blue that he actually refused to live in the lighthouse any longer and just mm-hmm. found another place nearby. But kept working there. I'm, I guess the wages were that oh, good. Oh, so he worked there
2: but lived somewhere else. Yeah. Okay.
1: So people connected to this lighthouse um, have died, like I said, and like one example is of like the house, quote, thinking for itself or the ghost being in charge, is that for no reason at all, a scaffold collapsed and beams fell down and a spike either flew or was thrown at a worker, sending him to the hospital. So like... Even if you're on the property and not doing anything shady, the building will literally just collapse on you. The building's like, get away from it's like, me. It's like, why don't you understand that I need space? Leave me alone. Basically, all over the property is an unfriendly atmosphere. And so many mishaps will will go on that the workers will ultimately just quit. Because they're like, I'm tired of either having to clean up something that I just cleaned up and is now dirty. Ugh. Or taking credit for things um that people are mad about like all these loud noises or people touching them or people walking too close to them and i'm all the way over there but yeah you know i'm still the one getting in trouble in the basement the same man in blue who's apparently a tall military man in uniform has been seen standing in the doorway and walking around the room as if he's on duty there's also pictures of him online people get good pictures on the property of of like his ghost yeah oh shit um there is a spirit of a little kid who will giggle and play tricks on visitors, which I don't fucking play. I don't even like normal tricks with alive people. <laughs> so don't <laughs> be dead doesn't. and do that. M doesn't even play charades.
2: Like, I, don't, don't, don't fucking don't,
1: don't giggle and no. think I'm going to I'm going to giggle, too. I'm not. M's not going to have a good time. Uh, footsteps go up the stairs when nobody's there. One guest, um, one guest who is sleeping over. He woke up at 3 a.m. to see a young girl around 13 or 15, which is the same age as one of the older girls who drowned, and she was standing beside his bed in a long, old-fashioned dress staring at him, and she was soaking wet.
0: (gasps) Oh,
2: my God. That's like Samara shit from the rain. Oh, that just gave me chills. People
1: will see a shadow figure and then get so cold that they feel like they're in a freezer. And in 1970, the lighthouse just caught on fire for no reason. <laughs> oh, okay. It's uh, just like
2: throwing spikes and setting itself on fire.
1: Also, there's a lot of videos online of people's investigations. I wanted to like get a comprehensive list of all the EVPs and everything, but there's so many videos, I just wasn't going to be able to collect all of them in time. Yeah. But if you type in um, St. Augustine Lighthouse ghost pictures or EVPs, Ooh. You know, they're all good. But there are two pictures I did want to show- okay you will we'll
2: tweet them we can slash Instagram this is them.
1: one of the the man in uniform
2: Ew! although he looks orange and not blue in that one yeah i but think I that's more the flash the but you can
1: definitely see him in a hat and like his military jacket and all he's that he's like walking um then this is a picture of an orb that they found but it literally looks like a <gasps> whole body that's an orb? Yeah, but it's an orb that has stretched out into a whole human form. Oh, it looks like a fucking woman to me. Yeah, that's what I thought. It has hair. That's what I'm saying. I've never seen an orb with hair. And then this is my favorite one. This is security footage. Oh, no. And they found a girl in a dress standing outside the doorway. <gasps> Holy shit.
2: Oh, No. So <laughs> This is from MySpace.com, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Chris Millsup sent it over to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's from the last episode, if you guys don't know the reference. Yep. Oh, my God. That is just standing there. It looks like a lesbian porn. I'm saying. It looks <laughs> like the beginning of something in a castle. But actually, for real, guys, look up St. Augustine ghosts. That's really, 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 really creepy.
1: Thanks. So, anyway, that's... Um, the lighthouse
2: Oof. for you all right that was quite a journey thank you all right give me a little of that razzle dazzle i'm gonna razzle dazzle you as i said with um with a story suggested by your good friend and my new friend deirdre <laughs> the one and only it was also suggested to us by um a twitter user named insanity rises yeah it's probably deirdre <laughs> it's Deirdre's pen name. <laughs> no. So our pal Insanity Rises on Twitter and Deirdre suggested this topic, and I finally got around to it. Um, this is the story of Issei Sagawa. Hmm. Um, and I want to warn you guys, it's pretty gross. It's disturbing. So if you have, like, a weak stomach or, like, you know, small children, maybe step, step away from this one or just... Unless you're me and I just have to deal with it. Just listen to it, but just know that I warned you so you can't yell at me. Okay? Uh, okay. Okay. So um, a lot of this I just want to preface. I got from an interview that Vice did with Sagawa himself. Okay. So it's very, like, firsthand information. Um, and you don't know the story, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It is a doozy. I'll okay. tell you that much. Okay. Issei Sagawa, also known as Pang, which is weird, because I just never saw him references that anywhere else, but... Apparently, he, maybe that's what he calls himself. <laughs> Wikipedia It's like, he's also known as this, so... Yeah. So he's known as paying on Wikipedia. Just only on Wikipedia.org. Yep. Okay. So, Issei Sagawa was born in Kobe, Japan on April 26, 1949. Um, he was born into a wealthy family, but he was born prematurely, and he was reportedly born so small that he fit into his father's hand. Uh uh, he was also diagnosed with a disease of the small intestine called enteritis, um, but he, after several treatments, he uh, recovered from that. So he he actually described himself in that vice article I mentioned as um, weak from the moment he was born. He said his legs were so skinny they looked like pencils. Um, he was actually only five feet tall as an adult, so he was per- oh wow yeah he was pretty small. Um, in his childhood, he. Admitted that he took part in bestiality with his dog. Okay. So that was... I didn't know how to transition into that because it was just... <laughs> nope. Just going to do it. Just dive right in. There is no easy way to start that conversation. So he took part in bestiality with his dog. And when he was in the first grade, he developed cannibalistic urges after seeing a classmate's thigh. Oh. And wanting to eat it. All right. It's first grade.
1: Maybe that was a... <laughs> you know how we all think like babies, like little chubby thighs are just the cutest things in the world maybe yes. that first grader just hadn't fully stretched out of his baby fat yet
2: and he was just like that's a that's a he's like you're so cute i want to eat you up little chunky thigh do you know why when we see like um really cute puppies or kittens or babies why you want to like squish them why like you know um of mice and men yeah. when he like
1: i mean i already know
2: what you're talking about because i want to squish Gio all the time do you know like why that happens psychologically it's really interesting um, I read an article on it because I wanted to just, like, smash Gia when he was a baby. I was like, you're so cute. I want to, like, squeeze you. No, I don't know. It's because your brain, it's like you get such a rush of, like, endorphins that your brain can't handle it. So it, like, tries to uh counteract it by getting, like, <laughs> almost violent where, like, you can't control how, like, overwhelmed you are with, like, good feelings about it that your brain kind of tries to push back and so you just want to like squish it (laughs) to like violently counteract how obsessively like crazed you are yeah oh isn't it crazy that's a fun fact that we all know now creepy anyway um so apparently that's not quite what was happening i guess (laughs) okay that's a whole other story he just wanted to eat his classmate i don't know that's i don't know how to psychologically figure that one out but um Basically, after that, he developed an obsession with Grace Kelly, um, and he also developed an obsession with white Western people in general, especially tall, white Western people. Um, and uh, tall Western women became the trigger for his cannibalistic fantasies. Okay. Me too. Yeah, sure. Same. Um, he explained to Vice that this obsession stemmed from an inferiority complex, because like I said, he was um, five feet tall. He said he was always considered himself short and ugly. Uh, And he said he wanted to gnaw on people's flesh as a form of sexual desire. Hmm. So he said it wasn't a real hunger, like, oh, I'm hungry for food. I want to eat a person. It Mm -hmm. was more just like a sexual fetish, as he called it. And um, it was to overcompensate or like... For being small and... Yeah, to make up for his own insecurities. I
1: mean, that's just the Napoleon complex, but with cannibalism but just like worse
2: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. exactly um but he also never thought he was better than anyone he just he was just like i'm worse than everyone else so i want to eat people like he called himself ugly and short and was like so that's why i want to eat beautiful women
1: that's pretty interesting because i would have imagined that you've got to be like a narcissist or
2: Mm -mm. all right he's totally like no i'm short and ugly so i want to eat people Like, he wasn't even fucking around about, like, why? Um, So anyway, let's fast forward. Age 23. Mm -hmm. Sagawa is living in Tokyo. He sees a tall German woman heading home. He follows her back to her apartment, and after she's asleep, he breaks in. His plan was to tear off a piece of her flesh and walk away so he could eat it at home. But? She woke up mm -hmm. and pushed him to the ground. Police charged him with attempted rape, but he wouldn't admit to why he was actually there mm-hmm. So four years later When he was 27 Sagawa moved to France To pursue a PhD In literature At the Sorbonne um, Almost every night While living there He would bring a sex worker Home And he would hold A gun to them But oh. while they were Turned around So did they know There was a gun Held to them No Oh shit So he would hold A gun to their backs As they washed Their vaginas In the bidet What? This is what he described <laughs> this is not on me, guys. I, I didn't... Ex- I didn't... No. This is not on me. Don't shoot the messenger. Do not. Do not. Uh, so he said, as they would wash their vaginas in the bidet... I mean, again, we're in France. That's right. That's a thing there. Uh, he would hold a gun to, like, up behind them. And he said every single time he would freeze and he couldn't pull the trigger. But he said it wasn't moral, like, his morals that stopped him it was his instinct because he knew the world would fall apart as soon as he pulled the trigger. Mm. Whatever the fuck that means, like his world would fall apart. Yes, you know
1: that's interesting. I've I've had that conversation before of like if that exact one. I'm just like <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa whoa whoa. No, 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 no. rewinds <laughs> the, the idea of like nothing stops people from doing anything except from your morals and your fear of the law. Yeah. Except- Other than that, there's really nothing stopping people from doing anything they want
2: what about like,
1: like really fucked up things
2: what about like your fear of like going to hell or something like that is that that's different than morals isn't it because morals i feel like is more of like a uh societal thing yeah i don't know but uh, you're right like it's like religion morals and and the law like l- they're currently yeah like the l- law society
1: yeah I just think that's interesting. And it's kind of scary because it's like only those two things or three things are keeping everyone
2: from maybe hurting you. Which actually is something he talked about because he said he's like, he's like, I think people just don't want to eat other people because they have the idea that it's taboo. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to eat other people, (laughs) but nice try. But he even says he said several times, like, no, I think this is normal. Like most people want to eat other people as like a sexual thing. And I'm like, hmm. I think it's
1: too late for me to attribute that to sexual gratification. What do you mean? Like, I mean, I'm sure if I grew up thinking that that was normal, then yeah, I'd probably, I'd be more open minded to it at the very least. Not saying I would or wouldn't. But if if I grew up in a world where it was like, it wasn't a no, 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 then maybe I'd be like, okay, well, some people do it. Some people don't.
2: I, but, but I, you wouldn't like, but be I like, still don't think I'd be able to, because I mean, this guy was born not in a family that was like, let's eat people, you know? And he just couldn't, by the age of six, he couldn't stop himself.
1: Yeah. It definitely is like a, is it nature or nurture? Cause yeah, even, totally. cause even though it's not like his family encouraged him, but if you're telling yourself at like as young as six years old, that there's something you want, then you're going to grow up kind of normalizing it.
2: Yeah. But is that like nature, like, is that nur- nurture and the sense that like other people are fostering like you, that or is that just like it's part of you so as you grow I up i don't know it's...
1: if he was i feel like if he was born with it and at age zero that was gonna eventually become a trigger then its nature but if at six years old something just happened and no one ever told him no that's wrong he nurtured himself into thinking it was normal
2: but like how at six is anyone gonna be like by the way don't eat like i feel like a society in general tells you not to do like he knew it wasn't a thing you could yeah. do you know I feel I like but I feel like some people grow up with fetishes like some people have a foot fetish some people have a whatever fetish some people some people eat your face fetish you know and some people <laughs> like have something fucking crazy like this that they sexualize and they're like no it's normal and it's like
1: I like mm-hmm. I want to be the, I want to like I mean I don't even know the rest of the story and I know that's probably incredibly fucked up and I don't I'm gonna erase this go on <laughs> no, no no you're fine I don't want to like condone anything that he's doing but I'd like to think I'm like usually an open-minded person for people having, like, weird sure. kinks and fetishes. Like, and weird is not even the right word that I should be using. But, like, there's a lot of different interests out there. And Absolutely. Y- there would be no way for me to ever judge someone, so I don't want to be a dick and judge him. But that's what I'm saying is, like,
2: I feel like this guy's using that as a reason for, like, oh, the things i'm doing are like normal and fine yeah like oh i can do this because it's just an innate thing and it's like hmm, i got gotcha. you because you know it's like okay sure i also i mean i probably erase this too but like some people as we discussed i think some people are born with like a pedophilic like mm-hmm. urge or tendency and it's like that doesn't mean you can go do child porn and like right right kidnap kids and rape them like, even even if it's innate naturally yeah. born in you you still exactly. feel better than to not do it and like sure that is fucking awful and have it's suck. not fair you have to live like that but it's also like that doesn't mean you can automatically like hurt, hurt on other it. people yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know so okay i agree with you but yeah again like i know the rest of the story so it's like harder to i don't know what's be impartial but yes okay <sighs> okay so anyway he would try and shoot sex workers, but he like couldn't do it but he said it wasn't his morals. it was just like the inherent knowledge that the second he did it, like his, his... world would collapse. yeah, exactly. Um, so apparently uh, at this point, he had this moment of realization that he decided he needed to carry out his ritual of killing a girl no matter what. Oh no, which he explained himself. this is his words. Um, so a little while into his studies when he was 32 years old, uh, Sagawa met a Dutch woman named Renee Hartevelt, who was uh, one of his classmates at the Sorbonne. Um, he found all the French women he had met up to then um, very beautiful, but stuck up and out of his league, in his words. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said Renee was different. She was friendly. She was warm. She wanted to be friends with him. And so Aww. they developed a bond. Um, one night, Sagawa invited Hartevelt over for a hot pot party. It was just the two of them. She came over and she was washing her hands. And he said, when he saw her washing her hands, he was reminded of the sex workers washing themselves in the bidet mm. and knew she was the next candidate for his ritual. Mm. Um, so, every time she came over, so nothing happened that night, but every time she came over from then on out, he would find himself pointing a gun at her like he did with the sex workers and he couldn't shoot. Can you imagine how many times she came over to hang out at his place? And he's just, like, holding a gun to her back. And she, did, she didn't She did know, right? No idea. Like, <sighs> it's happened many times where he just couldn't pull the trigger. That's, like, finding out now that that's what I've been doing to you this whole time. I was about to say, it's, like, one of us fucking, like, almost killing each other every time we came over. That's so horrifying. It's horrifying. Um, So, one day, an employee from his father's company in Japan came to Paris... So the employee took um, Sagawa out to dinner for Japanese food. And Sagawa had a fever and spent the whole dinner thinking about how Hartevelt was coming over the next day. And he was worrying that if he got food poisoning from the raw fish they were eating, that he wouldn't be able to realize his fantasy. So he spent all day just like obsessing and worrying over that point. And that's why the next day he decided to finally pull the trigger. Okay. But... The gun misfired, and <gasps> nothing happened. No. And he said he went hysterical. So he, like, held the gun, but it wasn't a thing where, like, she knew it misfired. He just pulled the trigger, and nothing happened. So she didn't even recognize that a gun was
1: still pointed at her. She had no idea, and she came... That's a guardian angel step in the fuck in. But she came
2: back. Oh, my. Well, yes. So two days later, she came over again. So basically, he pulled the gun. Not, right, like, guardian angel, like, nothing happened. And then two days later, he invited her over again. Yeah. Because he said at that point he was hysterical and knew he had to do it. So he crept up from behind, holding his breath. He described this in a Vice article. He said he held his breath, crept up from behind, went right up to her, pulled the trigger directly into her neck, and she died instantly. Apparently, he fainted from the shock of it because he had never actually killed anybody before. Mm -hmm. Then he woke up and continued with his plan. Um, He said, quote, For a split second, I thought about calling an ambulance, but then I thought, hang on, don't be stupid. You've been dreaming about this for 32 years, and now it's actually happening. (sighs) Uh, Sagawa raped her corpse. Oh, my God. And then next, as you can guess, he tried to eat her. Mm -hmm. Uh, He couldn't manage to bite into her skin, because as he said, human skin is much thicker than he expected. So he left the apartment and bought a butcher knife. He spent the next two days eating various parts of her body and would store the rest in the fridge. Um, This is a passage from the interview that I just couldn't even write in my own words. I just want to read it to you because it's just like so beyond not okay. He said, this must sound rich coming from me, but the moment the girl became a corpse, I realized that I had lost an important friend and even regretted killing her for a moment. What I truly wished was to eat her living flesh. Nobody believes me, but my ultimate intention was to eat her, not necessarily to kill her. To this day, I still think, if only she had let me taste her just a little bit. If we had spent another evening having dinner and chatting about our families, I never would have been able to kill her. In other words, I can't project my fantasies onto somebody who is already personified in my mind. That's why my first candidates were all prostitutes. I had a lot of other female friends as well, but I would never have dreamed of eating them since I considered them human beings with their own individual personalities. People tell me that I killed her because I loved her, but why would I kill and eat someone whom I truly loved?
1: That's a lot of information.
2: That was long, I know. No, it's just... It's just like
1: that's his... Like, so he... Explanation. He only regrets it because he had already... He was like, he already cared
2: for her. Yeah. He was like, well, I guess I realized once she was dead, like, Oh, I kind of missed her. (sighs) Like, No, you spent every time she came over attempting to kill her. Yep. Whatever. That's that's gnarly. It's fucked up. It's gnarly. A few days later, uh, he, Sagawa spotted carrying two suitcases into a park outside of Paris. The suitcases contained what was left of Renee Hartwell. Police apprehended Sagawa and he was arrested. Upon his arrest, he claimed that he had eaten her in an attempt to absorb her energy. Oh, my God. So, police arrest him. Open and shut case, right? hmm Well, just by eyewitness accounts, evidence at his apartment of, like, her being dead and being eaten there, and his confession that, yes, I ate her. <laughs> Hi, I'm right here admitting it. Hello. Police were unable to convict him. Why? How? For what? <sighs> For Why? His wealthy father provided him a lawyer, and a judge found that he was legally insane and was therefore unable to stand trial for her murder. Um, Soon after that, a Japanese author visited Sagawa in Paris and published an account of the murder in Sagawa's eyes. So it was like an account from his perspective, and that's called In the Fog. Okay. So Sagawa became somewhat of a celebrity, and because of that, French authorities decided to have him deported back to Japan where he was committed to a hospital for psychiatric reasons. But there, the psychologist declared him sane and determined that his sole motivation for the murder was sexual perversion. Uh-huh. And because the charges in France had been dropped, Sagawa couldn't be legally detained. So he checked himself out of the hospital on August 12th, 1986, and has remained free ever since. So he's free. Totally. And he'd never been imprisoned hence the vice interview where he's just like oh hey so i just like wanted to eat this lady and he can just straight up admit it and no one can do anything oh, yeah now. the vice article is horrifying horrifying like he explains how he ate her body and like what how did parts. he do it he said the thighs were the best part well that also could i
1: don't not to like you know split hairs here but he also could think that it's the
2: best because that's the part he's wanted to eat for the longest that's true He also said that the first thing he ate were her genitals. Oh. He said she was on her period, so it (gasps) smelled really bad, and that he swallowed them whole because it smelled too bad to eat, to chew on. Um, He said that uh, her heels tasted really bad. He said that her tongue tasted great. Um he said that the farther up the body go this the better tasting a body is and he said that um after a couple of days of sitting the body tastes sweeter and it's a much more pleasant taste than the fir- when it's raw and the f- when they're first weird killed <sighs> so fucked <up>. she's 25 <sighs> and he's just able to
1: waltz around and
2: admit oh, it he and doesn't like- care
1: at all totally
2: and He can totally get away with it. Oh, that's yeah. just so hard He's thought. described how her to in an article in an interview, how her the fat in her butt was like corn, so he didn't want to eat it, so he cut all the way down to like the meat to the muscle. It's like Wow. That's a lot to take in. It's really I that's why, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Oh, good, there's more. Okay. So these days, um, Sagawa, as I said, is free. He writes articles and books about the murder and also about famous women. Um, He recently, it was probably like five or six years ago now, he published um, a book called Extremely Intimate Fantasies of Beautiful Girls. Uh, He told Vice that being known as a murderer and living out in the open is the worst punishment one could get. Oh, great.
1: I'm sorry. It's so rude of us to call you a murderer when you don't even have to serve time. (sighs) Must be so
2: hard to, like, live your life however you want. Honestly, I don't know how you do it. And he said he'd rather have been executed or locked up because at least when you're in jail, you get shelter and clothes.
1: You know, that could be a situation that he's already experienced where he says he wants to do something because a certain thing and then he actually would do it. And be like, well, oh, this is not something I want. Ugh. I think he should be thankful that he's not in jail. Although the rest of us should of be so he should mad. Be thankful
2: Yeah, Maybe. what a fucking asshole. He also said, you can't imagine how difficult it is to live under surveillance from society. It's like you oh, ate, oh, yeah, you oh. ate your best
1: friend. I I can't imagine how horrible that must be for you.
2: You literally shot your best friend and then ate her body. Twenty five year old woman. Yeah, they're there. We'll try to be better to you now. Finally, the woman who's like trying to be friends with you, asshole. Uh, so Sagawa asked his interviewer advice if they could call for young, beautiful women who would willingly like to be eaten by him. Oh my. He says he still craves human flesh more than anything and is intent on tasting it again before he dies. Uh, he says it would be worth it even if he was executed for it. So that's great. This guy's just on the streets. Like, I don't care if they kill me. I just want to eat human flesh. Jesus, he didn't learn from the first time at all. No, he said it was the most amazing experience he's ever had, and he wants to do it again. Can you imagine being the interviewer in
1: a room alone, listening to this guy oh, being yeah. like,
2: oh yeah, I don't care if they kill me, I'll do anything I can to get my hands on human flesh. And he's staring you in the eyes. Oh, for sure. He also said his ideal way to go, to die, would be to drown in a woman's saliva. Um, he said that he couldn't imagine a better way to pass away. I can He even had a friend who willingly let him drink her urine regularly. Uh, She would stand above him and pee into his mouth. And he said um, it was just the most delicious and wonderful thing he's ever experienced. And he also said um, that when she had a baby, she would leave him containers of uh, her pee to drink. But he said that once she had a baby, it tasted different because he could taste her motherhood in the urine, mm. and so it was no longer delicious because she had turned from a sex object to like a an human. old matron. No, just like a human. He said she had turned into like turned from like a sexual object to like an a actual person, person who had a baby and, and a story, and a mother. Life and-, mm-hmm. mm. um, and do you know? Do you want to know what his biggest regret is? Oh yeah. That he didn't have grandchildren for his parents, but he said nothing else. He regrets. <laughs> what a <laughs> stupid asshole! Stupid! It makes me so mad. So yeah, that's um, some cannibal fun for you. Cannibal fun. Thanks, Deirdre, and um, Insanity Rises. Thanks, Insanity Rises. Pretty nuts, though.
1: Deirdre or de- <laughs> Shit. Deirdre, shut the fuck up. Geo. sit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Deirdre. Deirdre, <laughs>
2: Deirdre, shut up. Baby G, aw. Speaking of baby G. I'm ready for it. I got it. Okay, give me the horoscope. I got the Geo horoscope. Gimme, gimme. Because that story really kind of fucked me up. By oh, yeah, I imagine that one had to take you for a ride. Just, like, cleanse from that story. It's very, very fucking tragic. Can you imagine being her family, too, and, like... Oh, my God. He's not even sorry. Nothing. He's not sorry. Oh, he also became a celebrity and an author and a reporter. Like, he just talks Uh. openly about
1: how... That would suck the worst. Not even that he got away with it or that he's not sorry, but the fact that he's now getting asked for paid interviews to openly,
2: no remorse at all... For sure. Just talk about your child or your sibling or your friend. He's a celebrity. And he also... Yeah, he has no remorse. He's basically a celebrity. And he complains that he, gets to, that he has to be out in society. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry for you. <sighs> Pissing me off. Anyway, so to cleanse our palates, I have a little geo horoscope. Baby G, are you ready? A geoscope? Is that what we call them? A little baby geoscope. A geoscope. You okay. Ready? Listen up. Ready, baby G? Baby,
1: baby, baby.
2: Scorpio horoscope. Still musing over the weekend's romantic escapades? Baby G. Don't rush to back to business mode. Today, the moon and dreamy Neptune embrace in your fifth house of passion, adding a sensual spin to your Sunday agenda. Baby G. An attraction could spark, or you could be feeling especially amorous. (gasps) With me, baby, baby! Nobody to sidle up to yet? Get glamorous for yourself, Scorpio. Spend extra time on your appearance, adding drama to your eye makeup, or popping by the salon to do something creative with your hair. When you feel fabulous, you radiate magical energy that others will find irresistible. Baby G, you
1: radiate magical energy that others can't resist.
2: Gio, you are so irresistible. You're so good. Your eye makeup and your hair, it's just too much. Oh, he's smiling. Oh, he bitty baby. <laughs> he's so good. Oh, guys. Baby handsome G. Thanks for sticking around.
1: You're... Like almost 40 episodes in deep. So, so, sucks for you guys. <laughs> we have to start thinking about planning uh Gio's birthday party.
2: Oh, that's coming up. He's gonna be two years old. Oh my God, he's he, gonna be two years he's old. He's so handsome. Such a good baby Aww, boy. little baby boy. Oh, my sweet
1: baboo. He's gonna sweet be two. Bamboo. My sweet baboo will be two.
2: Oh my God, Ru, that's the theme of the party.
1: Oh. That's
2: definitely the theme of the party. And
1: then next year will be baby G is turning three oh oh i can't oh, handle myself oh, oh my oh my god <laughs> he's so cute christine i love him so much
2: you do that's weird i didn't know that oh
1: he's my best friend anyway thanks guys for putting up with me yeah
2: thanks Especially. for putting up with em um you can find us on the internet so
1: oh is that your way of telling yeah. me i have to do it uh-huh you can find us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATWWD Podcast. We also have a Patreon that you can donate. Please donate. ATWWD podcast um, ATW, Yeah, I did it right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, then We've got our uh, email, at, and that's why we drink at gmail.com, where you can send in your listener stories. We do it once a month, on the first, every time. We have our website, and that's why we com. We have our merch store, and that's why we drink at big we have, uh, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. All over
0: the net. Thank
1: you, thank you. Don't stop, won't stop.
0: Don't stop, will stop. Can't stop, will stop. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18-store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK.
2: uh Sending your stories, etc., etc. All right, and that's why we drink. And that's why
0: we drink. Clink, clink. <laughs> roof, roof. <laughs> We're stupid. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years.